All right, here we are. And what's up, everybody? I am your host, Hannah, and welcome to the International Women's Day episode of It's Super Effective. With me, I have Cody. Hello. And me. <laughs> How are you doing, Cody? <laughs> Sounds like Cody has had a day. <laughs> I'm doing well. I uh, went on a lot of walks with my puppy today. So that was fun. That sounds good. That yeah. sounds nice. Yeah. And uh, also with us, we have Karina. Hi there. How are you doing? I am doing great. I am very excited to be on today's episode. Wonderful. So this is the special International Women's Day episode of the podcast, and I'm going to throw it over to Cody real quick to give a short snippet of what International Women's Day is. Yeah, so um, International Women's Day is kind of a global holiday uh, celebrated every year on March 8th. Um, It brings attention to issues such as gender equality, reproductive rights, and violence and abuse against women. Um, The first uh, International Women's Day was in 1911, which I thought that was kind of (laughs) cool. For some reason, I thought it wouldn't have been that old. (laughs) And it is part of uh, Women's History Month. Um, So it started out as Women's History, uh, Women's Day, and then it became Women's Week. And then now we have a whole month. So... Um, yeah, March is Women's History Month. So I think uh, the podcast wanted to make sure that we're, um, we have the voices of women on the podcast. So we brought together us three that have been on the pod before. Yes, here we are. Here, and here we, we are. are going to, <laughs> we're going to be here talking about our experiences with Pokemon, what got us into Pokemon in the first place, and how it's all gone from there. I think it's probably super easy for me to start here so i kind of want to start yeah um i got in my my oldest memories are pokemon i'll just say that my very oldest memories when i was two years old uh those clefairy spinning tops from that early burger king line of toys one of those spinning on a wooden floor is my very first memory and my second memory is when i got my very first pokemon card at a day camp when i was probably three it was a horsey, and I still have it to this day. Oh my gosh, so, I have my first Pokemon cards too, and you can see where my yeah. little fist has like crumpled them. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. I have mine. I have mine all in sleeves and protective plastic casing, just because that one is very, very special to me. After I got that card, I had somebody else at the day camp draw the horsey on me with marker, with washable marker. And that was like my first, it was like a Pokemon tattoo. I don't have any others right now, but it was like a Pokemon tattoo. So is Horsey like one of your favorite Pokemon? Does that Pokemon still hold a special place in your heart or was it just the card? It absolutely holds a special place in my heart. It probably wouldn't be one of my favorite Pokemon otherwise, except for the fact that Misty and her Horsey played a pretty big part in the anime here and there. Mm -hmm. So that was also special to me because I liked Misty. (laughs) um Um, but the og woman in pokemon (laughs) right yeah if if horsey hadn't been my first card i probably wouldn't still like it the same to the same extent but okay because it has been horsey and cedra and kingdra have all been special to me throughout my life nice um that's that's interesting because piggybacking off of that my like special favorite card that i unearthed again a few years ago and now it's like protected um and in a spot where i know where it is it was a hollow scyther 
And I like I remember loving that card, and it's all crumpled because I took it with me everywhere. But I don't have any love for Scyther today. I like have no oh. special feelings for Scyther. <laughs> Ouch! Which, uh, sorry, Cody. Sorry, Cody. <laughs> um, but Pokemon. I still am like very attached to that card and the memories um, of having it and treasuring it. I think. I mean, I also. So my first experience was with a Pokemon card as well, uh, and it was a Tangela. Um, and it, there was, I think I've talked about this on the pod before that there was a kid on the bus, um, in like second grade, uh, still in the nineties for me. <laughs> um, and he was like, I don't want this. And he gave it to me, <laughs> but, and I was like, I was like so excited. I was like, this is so cool. Um, and then my parents would start giving me some and putting them in my stocking for Christmas and things like that. Um, but I do not have that card and I don't really care. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, sometimes, like, I think on a previous pod, we talked about, like, what Pokemon do you, like, vibe with? And I was like, I'm also a hot mess. So, yeah. <laughs> D'Angelo. Okay. But um, other than that, yeah, no. So, okay. That's really cool uh, that you still have that core memory, Hannah. Right? Yeah. Um, I mean, so, Hannah, three, I have a follow-up all... question on oh, that. Yeah? Um, so, like, your your core memory is that that Clefairy top, right? Mm-hmm. How did that top come into your life? Like, I did have somebody give it to you? No did you idea. pick it yourself? I have just, absolutely no there. idea. <laughs> I, was, I was two or three years old, and I've asked my mom about it, and my mom is very unsure about it. Uh, said that maybe we got it at a garage sale, because my parents actually didn't want me to get into Pokemon, specifically. <laughs> Okay. They didn't want me to get into Pokemon or Yu-Gi-Oh because they thought that there was too much violence in those games from what they saw. Mm. And so as I was a very small child, it was their intent to make sure their kid never got into those games. So and did they not realize Clefairy was a Pokemon because it was so cute and not violent Probably looking? not. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. Yeah. It's really cool that all of us got started with the Pokemon cards, but I don't think... Do any of us actually play the card game? Uh, I don't know. And I would say I actually <laughs> didn't get started. Well, I don't know. I don't know if the cards or the games came first because um, like my earliest memories are also um, some of them are like with those Pokemon cards, but actually the games are what I remember more clearly. So um, I feel like I have a, a bad like origin story for a Women's Day podcast. But uh, my big brother, like I have a big brother and he was into Pokemon. So like he was the reason I was ever exposed to Pokemon in the first place. And some of my earliest memories are um, of, of like playing our Game Boy Color, well, his Game Boy Color was like the opaque purple one. And then also I have these memories of like going on road trips with another family that also had, um, like an older brother and a younger sister. And the brother had like the translucent, uh, purple Game Boy. And just like, I remember mine. the four of us being in the back and me and the other little sister, like constantly trying to grab the Game Boys and play. <laughs> um, and I think one of my like, the memory that has stuck with me the most out of playing Red and Blue, uh, I can't remember if I've told this story before, but I would always pick Bulbasaur as my starter. And since I've always been like an obsessive little child, <laughs> I like hated how it would be like Bulbasaur is like sent out to fight or whatever, but I would say Bulbasaur in all caps and everything else would be in like sentence case. And I hated that. So every time I got my Bulbasaur, I'd immediately nickname it Bulbasaur with a capital B and lowercase mm-hmm. Bulbasaur, but then it would Love evolve that. into an Ivasaur yeah, then you, yeah. named Bulbasaur. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, my at this point, my brother would take his cartridge his cartridge back and like overwrite my save, so I'd lose it. And then I'd like some amount of time later, I'd get it back and start again with Bulbasaur, and the same cycle would just repeat uh, infinitely. <laughs> so those are like my earliest experiences with Pokemon and the games. Um, 
Yeah, I feel like those are core memories for my identity too, in some way. <laughs> mm -hmm. Do do you guys? So um, another memory that I have from when I was younger, um, maybe like fourth, fifth grade, was my mom calling me into the room because there was a um, "Who wants to be a millionaire?" question that was Pokemon theme. <laughs> what was the question? And it was um, which of these is a Pokemon? And it was like Jigglytuff. Uh, sorry, Jigglypuff. But then there were like a bunch of fake Jigglypuff-ish names. So it was like mm -hmm. then there was like wiggly doof and like all these things that are not actually pokemon names and i like ran in and i looked and i was like jigglypuff duh and then i like Obviously. <laughs> and i don't think the person ended up getting it. i think they like called a lifeline or something and the person was like i don't know um but similarly like were you guys from after um your inception into pokemon were you like the the nerds like the source of pokemon information in your family i guess uh karina you said you had your brother was also playing but yeah i would say my brother like it's still throughout our lives he always knows more about pokemon than i do like i feel like a lot of got the stuff it. i pick up about pokemon is secondhand from got him. it i was the older sibling so i tried to get my little brothers into pokemon and failed but yes no i i was like you cody i was the source of pokemon information mm. and continue to be all through <laughs> All through elementary, middle, high school, and even through college, I was teaching my bosses in IT about Pokemon Go. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I'm still, um, so I still host in the, I'm in an entomology department, um, grad, grad, grad department at my university, and I host like Pokemon Go events, like I'll be like, oh, does anyone need a ride? Like, we're going to go here. Um, and during some of the outreach events that we have, uh, I'll talk about pokemon bug like insect pokemon and how they're based on real insects and like use that as outreach material um so yeah i've i continue to be, and i still have like friends that'll be like hey do you want this or do you need this pokemon or do you whatever and i'm like oh thanks sweet I'm like yeah i did need that actually <laughs> so cool. yo one of my favorite things has always been that i am always able to find someone that pokemon is how i've been able to make friends throughout mm -hmm. my life for just all over the place. When I was traveling in Japan in my gap year between high school and college, I made friends with some people based on Pokemon there. Uh, in my current job, when Legends Arceus came out, I made some of my closest current friends at my current job because we were all able to talk about Pokemon mm -hmm. in college, in high school. So Pokemon has always sort of been there as a connector for me. I don't know if you've experienced that as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, I... I would say um, more so in recent years, especially since, you know, coming across um, the, the Pokemon cast community, I think has been um, a real a real blessing and has like connected me um, to people and like bonding over Pokemon, but also making connections that like don't actually have anything to do with Pokemon. But just, um, you know, I think it's uh, so universal in a way that um, I've like made some really great connections that are outside of Pokemon, but that I really value um, in my life now. And I'm, I'm very grateful for that. <laughs> yes. Some of our communities, there are, there are really great people in our communities who don't play Pokemon all that much anymore, mm -hmm. but it brought them and all of us together to begin with. And I think that's still a pretty cool thing about all of it, but I'm still one of those people who talks about Pokemon all the time, no matter what. <laughs> yeah <laughs> for sure i think it's so, one of those things like even if you didn't even if you don't play currently like you can still 
you can still relate. Like there's still like a kinship Mm -hmm. if you encounter another person who either used to play or does play or, or what have you. And that is one of the great things about this community that we, that Steve has built, um, Steve's empire as it were, um, (laughs) that you, like you say, like some of us, some people don't, don't really have the time. Like we've have families, lives, grad school that is, annoying and we can only play like a couple hours a week but we're still part of that community like i don't think i'll ever stop telling people oh yeah i'm part of an online pokemon community (laughs) so yeah it's great so kind of related to that in like a very tangential way um just thinking about that because i i feel like um pokemon for me didn't really become like this this connecting force until more recent years um and i i played it much more casually before then so did the two of you go through periods where you took a step back from pokemon and why was that and why did you come back to it yeah so i'll say i took a step back um around uh diamond pearl platinum um and i think that the point around that point in my life i hit a point where i was i was like a teen teenager in high school and i just was either too cool for it or couldn't afford it. Um, like it was something I wasn't going to ask for, um, for my mom. Um, my mom was a single mom at that point. So I just wasn't going to ask. Um, and then I came back in, I think I got like alpha Sapphire, um, <laughs> X, Y, I don't, I can't remember. I think I got X. Cause I was like, that Pokemon is awesome and then i also got moon and then i also got alpha sapphire like it was around there like i know but it's just the the platinum era that i'm like i don't know what these are like when the (laughs) those pokemon came into go i think Uh go now i was like what Mm -hmm. is this (laughs) well it's a good thing you have bdsp to re-experience gen 4 in all of its glory (laughs) sure sure i'm not doing that yeah the whole last year of pokemon's focus on gen 4 probably went right over (laughs) yeah it really did um though i did i am playing rcs like um and so so that was yeah that's the best best way to experience gen 4 right now i love it (laughs) um so that was my blackout period where and i think it it was just a a matter of couldn't afford it slash had other things like i was in musical theater i was trying to get through high school (laughs) yeah and then i ended up getting a job and started to go to college so i just didn't really have time what about you hannah did you have a blackout period I kind of didn't. I kind of didn't. When Diamond Pearl Platinum came out, I almost started to that some of my friends, I had kind of friend drama around then and the friends who liked Pokemon weren't really going to be my friends anymore. Funnily enough, I'm still friends with them to this day. But um, I, I felt at that point like I was going to have that period of not playing Pokemon for a stretch. But then I got super into Platinum and that pulled me back in real quick. Mm-hmm. After that, It was right around the same time that you mentioned for me. It was around late high school-ish when you kind of expect to start being the one buying your own Pokemon games and also you are just swamped with life at that point in time. So I think for me that was maybe around Alola because I did not experience the Alola region very much at all. I know that that is the favorite of a lot of people in our communities and I... I think I did finally finish those games after some time. I think I went back to them after Sword and Shield, but gosh, I was not I was not in it at that point. And maybe even maybe even starting with X and Y, there was definitely a stretch where 
I was listening to this podcast. I was checking uh, Serebii frequently. I knew what was happening. I recognized the Pokemon, but I can't name all of the Pokemon from Alola still. Yeah. And Karina, did you already talk about yours? Yeah, I, I feel like mine is, it kind of diverges from both of yours a little bit in that my, I guess, blackout period of Pokemon didn't correspond to when I was, like, reaching the age to be too cool to play Pokemon, but when my brother was reaching that age. Oh. <laughs> so my, I missed out. So I played, like, Red and Blue in, in the way that I outlined earlier, um, like, not very thoroughly at all. But um, after Gen 1 was when my brother started hitting that age, so we both missed out on, like, Gen 2 and 3. Um, and then Diamond Pearl Platinum was when he started getting back into it. So that's when I started getting back into mm -hmm. it because then I had access Got to it. the games again. And I've played every gen since then quite casually. Um, and I, I think it's it's kind of interesting how you how you both set, talked a little bit about being um, like starting end of high school, start of university, um, like when you're expected to pay for your own games and also just really busy. And that was actually a time when I feel like. Pokemon started bringing like more comfort to me and bringing more of a connection um, for me because I remember my first year uh, at university, I, I had just moved across the entire country and there was, uh, I think Sun and Moon was coming out that fall. Um, and I was like, so excited. I was like, I'm gonna like, spend the money that I that I made my last summer, like after high school working at EB Games to like buy the Pokemon game. And I remember like figuring out how to get to the store in this new city um, and like uh, like finding my local EB Games and, and placing the pre-order and then like getting myself there. And I remember it was um, also really exciting because when I was there, I saw a girl with like the limited edition Pikachu 3DS and I had the Animal Crossing one. And I was like, oh my gosh, can we be friends <laughs> in this like new city? So um, I have some like really positive memories associated with Pokemon for that time of my life. Nice. And then I, I don't actually know. Do you two play Pokemon Go? Uh, yes. Okay. When Pokemon Go happened, did that change your experience talking with others about Pokemon and your experience having community with people in just with regards to Pokemon? Because I know it did for me. Yeah, I would say it definitely did. Um, I got out and I was a big part of the Go community where I was going. So that was near the end of my time at my undergrad. Um, I had graduated like a year or two before that, but um, I hadn't quite left the area yet. <laughs> and um so I became a really big part of that community. Uh I would bring my dog and people would always say like, oh, where's the Beagle girl? Um and then if it was like a really hot day, I'd offer to give people rides or like bring water for everyone. And so it was my mom friend really came out um <laughs> for Pokemon uh -huh. Go. Um <laughs> and then that was also around the time that um because I was trying to consume content about Pokemon Go, that's I think it was 2017 that I got in con or started listening to this podcast. So, um, and it was because I had been listening to I like P Pokemon Go cast or something like that. Um, mm -hmm. And then they had Steve on um, an episode, and then I was like, oh, I'm going to start listening to that one too. And then eventually the other one fell off. <laughs> <laughs> Because I was just like, oh, this one I it's get. It's still really of, good. It's still out there. No, it's still a super good. <laughs> yeah, still a really good um, 
podcast. Uh, but I just, I can only, I only have so many hours in the day. <laughs> yeah. And for me, especially as I do play other games, um, other Pokemon games, I, I liked the coverage of it, of it all. It was hard. I did move at one point, and I'm, this is a question that I have for you guys if you experienced something like this as well. I moved at one point, and I lost that community. Um, and then I kind of was like a Pokemon Go loner. Like, no one else mm-hmm. in the area that I lived during my master's played. Um, but now that I'm that's a whole in, different way to play that game. Yes, to play alone. Yeah, so then it yeah. was... then it, And also moving from a fairly warmish area of, like, Oregon to a fairly coldish area of Pennsylvania had an had an impact as well but now that I've been settled in the area that I'm in for a few years I have a community again like I've started meeting some of the people that are outside of the university that are local players um I I definitely like it is a big community builder for me um has increased the sense of community and actually I had a friend that just texted me the other day because she said that she found Rachel Carson's house like actual homestead out near Pittsburgh because of Pokemon Go. Like, she was like, oh, let's go over to that, like, stop. She's like, what is that stop? And then she's like, Rachel Carson. And she went there and she found, and like, that's like an experience that you wouldn't have if you um, didn't play this Get game. Get out and go. Yeah. <laughs> Get out and go. Um, and shout out to Rachel Carson, awesome woman in science, uh, brought attention to pesticides and uh, overuse of pesticides and that kind of thing. So, snaps. What about you, uh, Karina? Do you did you like play Go, and did that change a lot of things for you? Yeah, so I, I think I have a little bit of a unique Go experience. So I was actually <clears throat> unpopular opinion here. I was like very against Go when it first came out because <laughs> I've always been like um, like a digital minimalist. I don't like when people are like looking at their phones all the time. I, I'm like very mindful of like my media use. Um, and I remember there were like the summer that it came out. Um, I was, it was like summer in Montreal and there were like these pockets of the city that I loved just like going to and it was quiet and like wonderful. And then one day it was just like swarms of people on their phones, like overtaking all of my favorite Oops. spots in the city. And I was like so horrified and I, I was like, I will have nothing to do with this. So I didn't touch Pokemon Go for years and years. Um, and I actually only started playing um, in like late 2020 around the time that I discovered like this podcast in this community because all of you were talking about Pokemon Go and the FOMO <laughs> was real. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I will try it again. But I think the community, like if there hadn't been the community aspect of it, I wouldn't have played it because I had I had like real struggles learning how to play Pokemon Go despite having played the main series games like all of Yum. my life. Just the mechanics were so different. I just didn't understand it. And if I didn't have a space and like welcoming people who were explaining these to me every time I had questions about how things worked, it would not have stuck. Um, mm-hmm. So I so like I started playing during the pandemic, so I didn't really have that local community aspect. But um, I did like meet a friend, just this one person who I always saw on my like my daily, my multiple times a day Pokemon Go excursions, like out and about. And one day I just walked up to him and I was like, are you playing Pokemon Go? And he was like, um, <laughs> yes. And we like started timing our walks to be at the same time. And he's like still one of my very good friends. And now that there is more in-person stuff, I've been doing community games with like community games, community day with mm-hmm. um, with like some of my RRL friends. And it's definitely um it's definitely been really nice. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, kind of a delayed start, but I'm glad you're enjoying it now. Yes, for sure. At least. <laughs> Are you an OG goer, Hannah? 
I, I'm like a, a, a day minus one goer in that I was so ready for it to come out. <laughs> um, so I was, did you get invited who, on like the, sorry, uh, the, um, like beta I wasn't or whatever. A beta. I wasn't a beta, okay. but I was just, I was ready. I was on it. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I was someone who played Niantic's other game, Ingress, for a yeah. short period of time. And so after Ingress and after the April Fool's Google Maps thing, when they announced that Pokemon Go was going to be a thing, I could absolutely see that this was going to be huge. And so I was coming up with like packing lists for things I wanted in my backpack when I went out to go play Pokemon Go during the day. You as the trainer in the game, packing your bag to go on this big adventure. Pretty much. That's amazing. And then when it actually came out, I was working in a fast food restaurant that summer. And um, it was some some franchised place that is kind of niche. And but the person who was my boss actually kind of paid me with free food to explain to him how Pokemon Go worked because everybody was out there playing it, and maybe he could take <laughs> advantage of this. So that was my start to explaining Pokemon Go to other people, and that grew into explaining it to my bosses in IT who I played with all throughout college. And then from there, I formed a college club that was made up of current students, alumni, faculty, and staff all playing this game together, and we would all just go do raids together. And at this point, that campus is covered in Pokestops, and it's wonderful, and the club still exists, even years after I left, and I'm very proud of that. That's awesome. Yeah, this game has brought me so much, and I did kind of lose that community after I graduated that I had built up that amazing community there in college. I've found more here and there, but haven't really settled in a active Go community yet because things are still kind of waffling on active or not mm-hmm. right now. But I'm glad for the community we have online. That's yeah, always good. I find like depending on where you live, it can really make or break. So like where I lived in my during my master's had nothing around it. So it was just like a like if I went to campus, I would get to play basically, but I worked from yep. home a lot. Yeah. Um, and then during like the plague, luckily during when 2020 hit, well, 2020 hit when <laughs> the pandemic hit in 2020. <laughs> Same thing. 2020 <laughs> slapped us across the face. Um, I live right across the street from a park and I still go to that park. It's like a, it's got like six or seven uh, gyms. It's got a lot going on there. Um, so I'm able to play there, which is great. Um, and similarly, like to you, like I have my advisor, my my advisor plays Pokemon Go, like we're friends, we're about to hit like best ultra best friends or whatever. Um, <laughs> it's just so cool how it can bring together so many different levels of people. Yes. No, I mean, Pokemon itself has brought together so many people, especially with the way these games can be played so many different ways. Mm -hmm. But then Pokemon Go being something that everybody could access and that had that giant boom there when it first came out in 2016 was honestly huge. It Mm -hmm. definitely got more people into playing it than had ever seen, than than had ever played Pokemon before. Mm -hmm. There we go. Um, Would you say it's your favorite game? don't want to say that because i know some people would get angry if i say that but i think it might be i really like scarlet and violet genuinely scarlet and violet is getting up there for me but pokemon go is absolutely the one that i've sunk the most time into no question there what's your favorite game cody 
So I, it's either Pokemon Go or Arceus. The, the reason for that is as a, an entomologist, as a scientist, my favorite part is catching and collecting and like the data points. Like, <laughs> like I don't even really, I, I'll raid if I have friends around that want to raid or something like the, the Hoenn tour, um, when all of the Groupon and, and Kroger's were around, um, I really only got some because I was with people that wanted them and I was running into other people that wanted them. Uh, like we were driving around, we like saw another car that was also driving around. I like literally pulled up next to them like a creeper. And I was like, y'all want to do the Kyogre that's over there? <laughs> I didn't even ask them if they were playing. I was just like, guys, want can to you do imagine that if they weren't like, ex- excuse me? <laughs> I would have just driven away. Um, like a, like a creeper. Uh, <laughs> But it's that's not what I that's not what I'm about. Like my favorite part is the collecting and and like filling in the decks and trying to get like a really good Pokemon of of all of the like trying to get a three star of everything. I I almost got a shiny Hundo, my first shiny Hundo. Almost it was it's a hit on top. I just got it during the event that was like yesterday nice. or whatever. It's one one tick down from being ninety eight percent. It's a ninety eight percent, but it's but I am like. <laughs> over the moon yeah so those are my i would say those two just because they scratch the itch that i have um what about you karina um i would say that sword and shield has been my favorite set of games and they're they're, they were the first games that i I didn't just put down immediately after like hitting credits um Mm -hmm. and i feel like they were the first and so again i always knew about like you know, shiny hunting and EVs and like competitive and all like I knew all of this stuff, but it mm-hmm. was so it felt so inaccessible um, because you had to like breed for you couldn't mint things um, like you EV training sounded hard <laughs> and mm-hmm. like shiny hunting just seemed like not that fun. And I feel like Sword and Shield was the first game where I felt like I could do those things um, and where I sunk a lot of time into like doing those things. Not that I play competitive or anything. I'm just like a perfectionist. and I like having perfect Pokemon that are like perfectly EV trained. Yeah. One of the good um, things about the raids is that you can get you can build those perfect Pokemon and then use them in something that's not competitive yeah. which I and that enjoyed. was um the first time i felt like i could do that was in sword and shield with like the max raid battles i was like mm-hmm. i have a reason to like level up my shinies to level 100 so i can flex them during these raid events <laughs> um so yep. i thought that was really fun and i also a scientist also loved data had like so many spreadsheets for keeping track of like shinies and dynamax <laughs> adventures and like all of this stuff so that's yeah. uh, that's been really fun too that's yeah, wonderful I, I do that with so many games like with um Animal Crossing, I had like a spreadsheet that was, okay, when can I get all the fish? And like, how do I, okay, what fish am I missing? What, or like with Skyrim, I wanted to get all of the books in Skyrim. And I found a way to like in my house to put all the library shelves up so that I could put all the books up um, and have all of the books. So I had like a spreadsheet for that. And I had of it for Pokemon too. Like what I have, like a, I always have like a, a shiny like bucket list like what do i want like what's my which is my target right now um and then if i ever get spare time ha that never happens but uh (laughs) then i consult the list (laughs) you've always got goals that's not a bad thing yeah (laughs) (laughs) and i feel a little bit bad about saying that my favorite was go or scarlet and violet without mentioning emerald because that was that was the game i grew up in so i Mm. wanted to mention that just a little bit 
Yeah, Crystal was the one that I that I like poured my heart and soul into. So I feel that. Yeah, for I me got it all was like the virtual console games on the 3DS eShop before it went out of commission. So I like I have the games that I missed. I just need to go back and play them once mm-hmm. I have a PhD. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, once <laughs> we just let's just keep give it kicking, time. kicking that down the road of like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do the same thing. <laughs> Yes, so I feel like we are approaching a time where maybe we can do a rapid fire of some of those go-to Pokemon questions and close out for the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so let's do it. We can start with, what is your favorite Pokemon? And I hate this question, but Cody, what is your favorite Pokemon? Shiny Alolan Vulpix. Do you have a reason? It's cute. <laughs> That's okay. pretty much it. Valid. <laughs> yes. Karina, what is your favorite Pokemon? My favorite Pokemon is Ice Q. Um, it's a penguin, and it like it wasn't love at first sight. I was like, it's a penguin, but it looks weird. <laughs> but ever since that like Pokemon Center Ice Q plush came out, I feel like that just like once I saw it in plush form and like squished mm. it in plush form, I was that was. Do it you for have me. it? So I no, it's at my parents' place on the other side of the country. <laughs> oh, okay. okay. You, so yeah. you you own you own it. it. I own it. It's not <laughs> okay. here. We have a few yes. other penguins here yeah. to, to fill the void while I am away from my ice queue. Um, okay. But it's an ice queue named Harold, and I love it. And I went into Sword and Shield, and I got a shiny ice queue in a Master Ball and named it Harold, and I'm, I'm very attached. <laughs> That's amazing. That is beautiful. <laughs> Hannah, what about you? I I think that if I had to choose one single favorite Pokemon, it would be Blaziken. That when I was a small child playing Pokemon Ruby, my family moved across the country, and I lost all of my friends, and my only friends left were my Pokemon, and my Blaziken became very special to me. It was also the very first female starter Pokemon I had ever had at that point in time, because there's still that gender uh, leaning towards male for all Mm -hmm. of the starter Pokemon. So my Blaziken, I still have. I'm working on doing... Not exactly a ribbon quest, but trying to get as many ribbons as I possibly can on her before I move her all the way up to Pokemon Home. Mm-hmm. But yes, if I think I think that if I had to choose a single one, it would be Blaziken. You know, if Poke- Pokemon should like, if you start your game on International Women's Day, your starter is just a hundred percent female. <laughs> Pokemon. I would always appreciate if they did fifty-fifty just as the base for the starters, but yeah. maybe someday. Then from there, we can go into, do you have a favorite Pokemon type? And I think that, Cody, I can guess yours. Everyone knows what mine is. It's bug type. And I was just screaming at someone the other day, uh, screaming with just caps, not in voice, um, (laughs) about the fact that there are so many insects in the world and they, I feel like they're underrepresented in Pokemon. Like if... There's so many, like someone asked me if I like Terrapagos and I was like, another turtle. Wow. Love it. And he, and he was like, don't hate on the turtles. Ouch. Come on. There are people <laughs> who live like for the so turtle Pokemon. <laughs> I, I think I'm just going to forever be mad until there's a legit bee Pokemon. So yeah, that's just going to be me. So bugs. Fair. What about you, Karina? Uh, I don't know. I feel like this is kind of obvious too, but ice types, um, for the obvious reason that penguins like ice and also cause I'm a literal penguin and like live for the winter. And I just like the color scheme of like ice types that like minty blue color. <laughs> so ice types for me. And then the minty blue that becomes the like lavender color. 
How about you, Hannah? I, I, I have a hard time choosing favorites, if you can't tell. If I were to look at all my more preferred Pokemon, the most common type there would probably be either Fire or Dark. I think Dark would probably be the most common type there. I tend to lean more towards firefighting. I I I like the firefightings, sorry, but so dark is probably my overall if I had to choose a favorite type. And then from there, do we have a favorite generation of Pokémon? I think that that is the that is the question that I will close out with unless one of you comes up with another question after this. So, I will start with Karina this time. Do you have a favorite generation of Pokémon? You know, I don't think that I do. I mean, I guess, like, I guess I say Gen 8 just because the, the games were my favorite, but I don't know if I'm particular, particularly attached to, like, the Pokemon of a certain generation. Also, I just don't know what's in what generation. I've, like, that's never fair. really paid attention to that, so it's, like, not something that's high on my my list of uh, things. That's <laughs> in fair. General. That's entirely fair. Especially, I mean, since Sword and Shield was so special to you, then it makes sense. Yeah. And then Cody. Yeah, I think I'm like trying to check my. I can tell. I can hear your computer and you're scrolling <laughs> through the generations. Well, I'm pretty. So I'm pretty sure it's Sword and Shield. It's Galar. Um, oh, really? Because that's so many good bug types. Like I remember uh, Sizzlepeed and Sendiscorch, um, Snowman, Frostmoth. Like there were just so many good boys in this. Um, they also I, I and girls, <laughs> boys and girls. Yes, thank you. Um, boy, it was boys with an I, um, not boys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you go. <laughs> uh, uh, Applin loved the Applin Applin line. Wait, is um, Applin a bug? No, or you're no, just not saying you like Applin? Okay, not at all. I just I really like, like it. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, continue. <laughs> no, I think that. I mean, that was pretty much. Yeah, um, I'm still scrolling to see if I if there's like the end of it, but I think that that was the biggest thing. Like the one when you asked the question, my brain was immediately like, "Which one is Scorch and Frostmoth?" <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, I think that's that's mine. Um, what okay. about you? For me, I'm I'm going back to Gen three. I already said I lived in Emerald. Those were the games that I played when my family moved and I had to make all new friends. I am based in Gen 3. I am a Hoenn player. (laughs) All right. Do either of you have other fun Pokemon quick questions? I have like one sort of, I don't know, question, I guess is the word for it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But um, have you two ever felt um, like, I I was thinking about this when we were talking about our favorite types, but have you ever felt um, like the opposite of drawn to like for example fairy types because i have always felt this thing as like i can't like the girly things because otherwise i'm just going to be like the girly girl who likes the girly things and i want to be a human outside of being a girl so i will like actively distance myself from um like the girly things Mm -hmm. um is that something that you two have ever experienced i would say that that i i don't like um like steel type but that's more that's not doesn't have anything to do with me being a woman <laughs> it's just that i don't i was like ah, i don't I, they're supposed to be animals like they're supposed to be like nature and like what is this, what is this <laughs> building of a pokemon yeah <laughs> looking at you Darrell, so Darrell. every time greg mentions it like i'm just like yes like screw the mechanical pokemon <laughs> <laughs> got it um ouch but yeah i don't it's not <laughs> yeah it's not for um any reason other than nature woo nature how about yeah. you, Hannah? I 
Separate from Pokemon types, I definitely have gone through that phase of not wanting to lean into girly stuff. I am not a super girly person myself, but I think one thing that really helped there, two things that really helped there. One thing was a manga that I grew up with where the main character is a strong person who is allowed to get angry and also still really likes princesses and wears pink for her job. So continuing to like that manga has helped me over time. And also Legend of Korra, having Korra come into, well, become less of a stuck-up person who hated Asami for being a girly girl, that also helped me a lot in that progression there. Mm-hmm. Nice. But in Pokemon types, eh, I, I could never really conceptualize the idea behind the, the difference between ground and rock very well until very recently. Yeah. I am starting to kind of draw the lines there and have it make sense. Some people have defined it really well, and that's starting to help. But if I had to say I shy away from any types, that's probably it. And I barely shy away from that. (laughs) Yeah, I guess just like rounding back out or, yeah, coming back to like the Women's Day themes and and Pokemon and stuff, I think, um, you know, being a part of like this Pokemon community and um, like meeting some great women in the community Um, has, I think recently, I don't know, it sounds like kind of cheesy or silly to say, but like has made me uh, like more okay with being like, you know what, it's okay to be like, if there's something girly you're into, like those being a girly girl and being a gamer or liking Pokemon are like not mutually exclusive. Mm -hmm. And just like coming to terms with that and being more comfortable with um, those sorts of ideas is something uh, I think valuable that I've I've gained through these games in this community. I love that this community has brought that. Yeah. Um, I do think so. I kind of present as like a tomboy person. Like I'm not super feminine out on the outward. <laughs> so I think that I've not ever had people be surprised that I play Pokemon or be like, oh, well, you must like this type of Pokemon or whatever. Um, and I, I wonder if that goes back to my name is masculine. Um, like growing up a lot people would make fun of my name and be like, well, you're a boy because you've got a boy's name. And I'd be like, I don't care. Like, (laughs) you can beat, you can say whatever you want, but I just don't really care. Or like people would, in, uh, you know, first grade, second grade, when we'd play like knights and princesses or something, and they're like, well, you have to be a knight because you have a boy's name. And I was like, yeah! (laughs) (laughs) I was like the Brienne of Tarth or the Arya Stark. Like the, yes, who wants to be a stupid princess? But I'd be there being a princess with a sword. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and that's like, I think that, so I think that kind of like shielded, like having grown up with that, like kind of shielded me from that. But also, you know, my... My favorite Pokemon is the cutesy little, like, (laughs) and I'm just like, it's so cute. Um, And I've had people be, like, surprised about that and been like, wow, I thought you'd, like, Scyther or, like, something, like, super. And I'm like, why? Like, (laughs) why is that? Um, So I guess I've had, like, some weird experiences like that, like what you're saying, Karina. But, yeah, and I'm not sure. Hannah, I guess, have you... We are all multifaceted people is, I think, an important thing here. Yeah, I I think that's definitely the moral of the story. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And Pokemon are also multifaceted Pokemon, and you're allowed to be multifaceted in both of the ways. (laughs) Yes. I I am not a super feminine person most of the time, but occasionally Mm -hmm. I like to dress up for for special occasions, for holidays, for events. I am someone who ends up in a whole lot of 
spaces where I am the only non-male person or one of very few non-male people, and I've never really been uncomfortable with that. I know that mm -hmm. some people are, but I was someone who did wrestling in high school. I did boxing and fencing and jujitsu in college. I end up in a lot of these spaces just because of the things I like. And I think that that's just another part of being a multifaceted person. Yeah, and I think that kind of like to tie it together, Pokemon has had a lot of women in it um from oh, the beginning yeah. so it's gym been, leaders champions yeah like first gen you have women as gym leaders and you have women that are you know you know misty when you're watching like the very first part like and team rocket has uh, a woman counterpart and it's it doesn't feel like she is <laughs> a lesser to james or anything like that like it's they're they're a, a team um and so i feel like pokemon is is one of the good one of the best uh, media um, that has celebrated women. So I've you always can definitely felt find little things if you're nitpicking if, or if you're focusing on other <laughs> yeah. things. There are things to complain about. There are things to uh, say could be improved. But I've always loved that there have been female gym leaders the whole way through. Yep. Even when you couldn't be a female character in the game yourself at the very, <laughs> very beginning, there have been female gym leaders the whole way through. Yeah. I feel like that's a, a nice a nice note to end on. <laughs> yeah. I agree. So thank you both so much for being part of this special ISE International Women's Day episode. And off we go to play more Pokemon. How do these episodes end? <laughs> uh, where can people find all of us? <laughs> yes, where can people find all of us? Thank you. You can find the podcast at PKMNCast pretty much everywhere. You can find me at Hannah's Pixels pretty much anywhere. Cody, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter, just my name, Cody Mathis, or uh, Instagram, Hiking Beagle, uh, B E E. Cool. Of course. And Karina. <laughs> uh, you can find me on Twitter at Pingumon, um, but pretty much everywhere else you can find me at Pingu Crafts. So if you want to find me on Twitter, Pingumon, um, you'll be able to find my links to everywhere else there. Makes okay, great crafts. Crafts, crafts. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thank you all so much. And this is ISE. This is its Subaru effect. That's not we the way to end this. We are. And we are <laughs> women. <laughs> Super effective women. Super effective women. <laughs> <laughs>